Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good evening, I'm Chua Tian Tian with your Market View. Now, yesterday we talked about the key economic macro issues affecting US and Europe. But what should we do amid all those market volatilities? Should investors be buying the dip, given that the broad based SP 500 posted its worst half yearly trading just about a week ago? For one thing, billionaire investor Warren Buffett has used the ongoing opportunity to add several major positions since early March. Is this the right thing for investors to do and what should they be wary of instead? To give us a better idea of what to do with our monies, we have on the line John Louis Nakamura, Chief Investment Officer at Lombard Audio Asia Pacific. Now, Mr. Nakamura, thanks for coming on our show. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Mr. Nakamura. So maybe let's start with interest rates. To what extent have future monetary rate increases been priced in by the market so far? Well, uh, as you know... uh Repricing of uh, future session rates has been, uh, the last six months, has been one of the most brutal experiences in the late mm. uh, 70s. Uh, markets now expect session rates to reach uh, 3.6% uh, at the end of next year before reverting in the course of uh, 2023. Mm. So can it go higher? Um, yes, it's a, true, it's a true possibility, especially if inflation remains steady. If unemployment is slow to react to a slump in uh, economic activity, and if the Fed deliberately choose to uh, ignore the early stage of a recession, and precisely this is a bit what we have been reading again from uh, from the minutes uh, of the June FOMC that were released uh, two days ago. Mm. So having said that, um, I suspect that we are probably not too far from a peak in terms of terminal policy rates. Uh, mm. If uh, we are facing the kind of environment I was just describing, so thick inflation, uh, slow and, and very low and tight persistent uh, uh, unemployment rate, and uh, FMC decided to go ahead with a fight against inflation, then uh, rather than significantly higher terminal rates, what we may expect is maybe to see uh, investors starting to incorporate in their expectation longer, a longer period of restrictive monetary conditions. Mm. In that case, based on your expectations, what are the odds of a contraction in the global economy? Because earlier we were speaking to economists, they believe that a soft landing could still be achieved. In your opinion, what are the chances of over-tightening monetary policies and slipping into a recession? I believe this risk is now substantial. Mm. Um, as you know, based on ongoing coincidence indicators, the, the Atlanta Fed now cast has just downgraded massively its estimate for the U.S. GDP growth in the second quarter of this year to minus 2%. It was, I think it was plus 2% mm. in early May. So if it were to be confirmed by official uh, estimate that we will get uh, later in July for the, the growth of U.S. GDP in Q2, it would be, technically speaking, it would be officially a recession since Q1 was already, Q1 estimate was already negative. Mm. We are not there yet because we, we can still see a positive, a positive figure uh, thanks to a large contribution from uh, potentially inventories or also net exports. But there is, there is absolutely no doubt that the, in the U.S. demand has been slowing materially over the last few weeks. Mm. And there is also very little doubt that it will continue to do so. You know, you have, you have inflation discouraging durable good purchases. You have energy prices crowding out other expenses. You have inventories building up very fast, which is supporting growth in the short term, but uh, making it very vulnerable for, for the second part of 2022. You have the housing sector weakening very fast. And on top of that, and probably more importantly, 
we just experienced a, a, a carnage in both equities and bond markets huh, with, uh, with a, a total wealth of close to 30 trillion US dollars being wiped out in the first half of this year. And, and we know that in, in an economy such as the US, where the consumer is highly sensitive to, uh, to financial and related wealth effects, this cannot have no consequences in terms of demand for the next few, uh, few months. Mm, speaking of that investments, Mr. Nakamura, what does it mean? What does the current climate mean for US and European bond yields and the attractiveness of investing in bonds right now? We have to look at markets separately, maybe. Uh, if we start by the US Treasury market, uh, it's quite likely that the level of 3.5% reached by the 10 year uh, Treasury bond uh, mm. yield, I think it was in, in, in early May, uh, will form probably the peak for this year. Mm. Yields can still remain volatile and they can still increase, especially through the summer, if we are experiencing a positive inflation surprise, but inflation surprise on the upside. Uh, but if, as we do suspect, recession scare is increasingly repacing uh, inflation fears in the coming weeks and months, then we see yields uh, falling significantly and materially by, by the end of this year. In, Euro- in Europe, and especially in the Eurozone, the situation is a bit more complicated because mm. uh, you have this fragmentation risk between core, wound, yield, and peripheral uh, issuers such as Spain or Italy, or even large issuers such as France. Mm. Uh, this fragmentation risk, which has been increasing significantly, while ECB has not even started to rise uh, rates, mm. so, so the, the, the credibility of the anti-fragmentation tool that the ECB is to uh, is to uh, clarify in the course of July has to be very strong, strong enough to contain that risk. In Japan, uh, Japanese government bond yields are still uh, under the risk of the uh, Bank of Japan that might later tweak its yield curve control framework to leave more room for the 10-year interest rate rate uh, volatility to, uh, to increase. So here again, it's a slightly more complicated uh, visibility than what we have on the treasury market. Mm. On the credit market, we still have a very high level of segmentation and fragmentation also between high in and IG. You know that there has been a huge fight to quality over the last two months. Mm. Uh, and really, this fight to quality is likely to accelerate uh, further as economic data has expected to worsen. Um, so in our view, high-quality Asia investment grade is still the segment of the market that we prefer because it, it offers a, a reasonable level of yield regarding its, uh, its intrinsic uh, quality. Mm. And I do want to put our focus on equities. Is this now the time to bet on the rapid recovery of global risky assets? Is this the time to buy the dip and why or why not? We don't believe so. Mm. Uh, I know it's uh, very tempting because uh, over the last uh, 20 years, you know, each time there has been a huge correction market, each time we were closer to a recession threshold, it was usually speaking uh, the turning point where central banks were forced to pause their tightening policy or even reverse them. Uh, they came to the rescue of the market. But the situation this time it might be a bit different. Um, mm. Again, uh, as long as inflation has not resulted materially closer to long-term central bank objectives, um, the Fed, at least, uh, maybe other central banks too, seems to be uh, ready, at least it claims to be, uh, to accept some level of pain. Uh, it has been reiterated re- recently by Jerome Powell. So monetary conditions may remain too restrictive for too long, unlike mm. what we have seen in the recent past. And earnings forecasts still need to adjust to the downside, while... Uh, Equity multiples may compress further. And today, we, the, the, the forward uh, PE of uh, S&P 500 is still close to 16, which is the 25 long-term average. 
Mm. And we know that during recession periods, uh, this forward earning PE has gone much, much lower. So technical rallies may still happen. They may help to regain 5 to 10%, but they tend to be more and more sharply and very, very difficult to play, especially for individual investors. So we advise to be cautious. Mm, certainly. And I do want to point out one of the points is that how should investors be achieving portfolio resilience? And what are the best hedges for the rest of this year, Mr. Nakamura? Well, the difficulty is probably that the hedge that will work in the second part of 2022 will not be the same as in the first part. You know, in the first part, it was, mm. it was a view that with inflation concern dominating, it was good to be exposed to commodities, especially energy commodities, soft commodities. Uh, and uh, on the other end of the spectrum, sovereign bonds and Japanese yen, who are supposed to be traditionally safe uh, again, did not work at all. They did not help quite the contrary. They were the source of massive uh, losses. Mm. Um, but as we are facing a situation where growth concern, again, growth care is replacing progressively inflation concern, inflation care, inflation fears. Uh, this situation is changing quite fast. And um, uh, we believe the US dollar will remain strong. Uh, we believe that emerging markets, excluding China, might uh, give back some of the performance they, they, they benefited from in the first part of the year. Uh, the same a bit for cyclical commodities. Uh, symmetrically, sovereign bonds should retrieve their status of citizen uh, as, as the real growth component of their nominal yields uh, will be declining quite fast. Mm. Um, and finally, there won't be many bright spots in terms of positive returns. So uh, China shares might be one of them uh, with positive momentum, both in terms of uh, economic uh, data and uh, stimulus policies. Mm, if you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to John-Louis Nakamura, Chief Investment Officer at Lombard Audio Asia-Pacific. Now, Mr. Nakamura, speaking of China, which sectors should we focus on, especially as the country steps up on infrastructure investments? Yeah, I think it's a big change. Uh, the big, uh, actually, there have been two big changes since, uh, since April. First, we have seen the, we've seen the reopening of Shanghai after the, the very harsh lockdown experience in between uh, late March and early May. Mm. Uh, and second, we have seen uh, uh, policy measures which have been remained very subscale, very fragmented until uh, late April, probably not at the scale of what was happening in terms of uh, China's economic dynamic. To, 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 to increase very substantially. So um, going forward, uh, we believe that uh, uh, this will only continue, this momentum will only continue and intensify further, no later than yesterday again, because this is unconfirmed officially, uh, uh, potentially uh, new that uh, uh, 1.5 trillion one uh, uh, front-loading of the, of the local government uh, bond insurance quota could be used in the second part of this year to, to fund even more infrastructure projects. So not surprised that uh, we favor Asia, so domestic onshore markets, and within Asia, uh, obviously, we want to focus on consumer discretionary names, we want to focus on material, on machinery equipment, on energy grid, and also on electric vehicle manufacturers and providers. Mm, and one final question before we go, Mr. Nakamura. Earlier we saw reports of the death of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. What will this mean for the Japan's monetary policy? Because we all know Abe has been a firm supporter of the ultra-low interest rates and also the easy monetary policy. Some were saying he was still you know, pulling the strings behind the scenes. So what are your thoughts? 
think the, the first and foremost uh, con- consequence of this dramatic event is uh, we know that we have election this weekend for the upper house in Japan. Mm. And we know that usually when these kind of things happen, uh, which is very, very dramatic, uh, uh, there is a move of sympathy for mm. the constituents to vote in favor of the, of the party uh, represented by, uh, by uh, the victim, in that case the LDP. And uh, this might give more, uh, more, uh, more uh, votes in favor of the LDP and the majority in Japan and Prime Minister Kishida. Mm. Uh, we know that uh, there is a level of incomfort of the Kishida's candidate towards inflationary pressure in Japan now and the, and mm. the weakness of the yen. This may have a little bit indirectly. Uh, we should not, we should not um, estimate too much the, the consequences in the short term, but this mm-hmm. might have a little bit at the margin some pressure on the BOG to try to tweak its uh, yield curve framework uh, in the coming weeks and months, maybe opening more space for the for the 10-year yield to go higher mm-hmm. and trying to uh, to uh, to make the, 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 the policy slightly marginally more restrictive, but still very, very far from what we have seen, uh, we are seeing today from on the Fed side or on the ECB side and other central banks. Mm, thank you very much, Mr. Nakamura. That was John-Louis Nakamura, Chief Investment Officer at Lombard Audio Asia-Pacific. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.